Sometimes I like to imagine the world after us, the strange mammals that will emerge, the abundance of biodiverse plant life taking over our fields and factories and so on. I don't think this world will be better. I maintain that we are the most interesting thing to happen on Earth, and there is real beauty and meaning in our curiosity and compassion, even as we also cause and witness so much suffering. But at any rate, there will be a world after us, after each of us. And that's why there's life insurance. It exists to provide a financial safety net to those who love and count on you. Policy Genius's technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Policy Genius. Because there will be a world without us. Welcome to Dear Hank and John. Or as I like to think of it, Dear Andrew and Hank. It's a podcast where two brothers and sometimes a special guest answer your questions, give you dubious advice, and bring you all the week's news from both Mars and AFC Wimbledon. Andrew, right before season 11 of RuPaul's Drag Race, I found on eBay a compass that said it would always point toward my favorite queen. And I thought it was broken, but it turned out it was just always pointing west. Oh, Hello, Andrew Levitt. Stop. It's Nina West of season 11 of RuPaul's Drag Race. It's here. <laughs> Hi. On Dear Hank and John, which is a weird, wonderful uh, dream come true for me. It's so, so lovely to be talking to you. My wife, I told her last night that this was happening and she just looked at me and her eyes got big and she was like, I can't talk about that. That's too weird. Well, your wife has great taste. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing? I'm so good. I'm really excited to be here with you today. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, me too. It was fun. And we did not just spend 20 minutes trying to get Google Hangouts to work. I mean, I'm a drag queen. All. I'm a drag queen. Not, I don't work in IT. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> so have you been uh, fairly busy since yeah. the season wrapped? Yeah, you know, it's been pretty great. I've been um, lucky enough to travel and meet all these great people and do what I love to do, which is perform and um, just try to make people happy. So mm -hmm. it's been, yeah, it's been pretty good. I've been, um, I went overseas for the first time. I went to London. Uh -huh. and nice. Yeah, it's, I had never been overseas, so it was awesome. It's been awesome so far. Yeah, I mean, making people happy for a living is the absolute best, especially at a time when we need that. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's easy. It's so easy for us to really uh, get kind of sucked in and, and just feel bad about ourselves and feel bad about uh, everything that's happening. And there's so much that is happening. And we just have to, yeah. I think it's really important to bring joy to people and to hopefully try to make somebody's day just a little bit better. Wait, not to sound like a high school musical, but we're all in this together. So, not to sound like a pretty particular high school musical. Um, <laughs> the high school musical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to be clear that there are other high school musicals that you are allowed to do at your high school than just high school musicals. <laughs> you want to answer some questions from Let's Dear do it. John listeners, Andrew? Okay, let's do it. I would love to. Uh, I'm going to start 
with one from Rose. Uh, a very 2019 question. Dear Hank and Andrew, I am a college student and I have just discovered that the professor of one of my classes this semester is also a co-worker of mine at my on-campus job. I will see him both as a student and as a peer at work. How am I supposed to act around him by any other name Rose. Oh, gosh, aren't we in the world where professors at universities are also at the same day job as you? Yeah, wouldn't that be crazy, right? Because they're just not being paid a living wage. What? Yeah. (laughs) Come on. But they're student debt. This is is how it functions. They also have to pay off their student. The the student debt you are currently accruing, your professor is paying off next to you at Chipotle. Um, (laughs) And I get it. The guacamole is extra. Fine. Fine. Yeah. So this is so weird because, like, it's got to be worse for the professor than for the student, right? I mean, right. Yeah, you'd think that uh, the the professor's probably like, how do I find another job where I'm not working with my students? (laughs) (laughs) How did I get into this world? Yeah. Yeah. And also there's this thing about teachers, right? Especially in high school, but also in college. Like, stop being a person. Stop being real. You're like, you exist in this other universe for me. Yeah, it's tough, right? Because you don't know how to negotiate... (laughs) <laughs> an authority figure in your life as a regular person. Yeah, and, and you eventually you have to get to yeah. the place, and I think that this has to happen in college, where you start to understand that your teachers are just people. Right, but you know, but you but you never really get there until you're <laughs> until you graduate, until you left. You're like, oh right, <laughs> right, you are normal, and unless you're working with them, of course, uh, you know, at your day job. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe you're gonna be way ahead, Rose. This is what's happened. You are way ahead of your peers in realizing that your professors are just people because you're putting guacamole on a burrito. <laughs> well, it's her on-campus job, Hank. There are on-campus <laughs> well, Chipotles. Is... It's 2019. <laughs> that's, a, that's a fancy college. <laughs> what is that kid? I want to know where that school is. I was going to say, maybe she should just treat him like, you know, switch the roles. So when she's working with him at her on-campus job, or him or her, she should talk to her professor uh, like in a very uh, collegiate way, like they are her teacher there. And then at right, and, right. In class, we'll start managing. And, yeah, in class, <laughs> just be like, uh, "Hey, what's up? Yeah. Wait, wasn't wasn't work a killer today? Yeah, Ooh. you got to experiment <laughs> yeah. with the roles. Yeah, switch, do some switch role the role, yeah, role reversal. Be like, just switch like <laughs> the context. Oh man, I think it's a good learning experience. You're going to have a better understanding of how power dynamics work coming out of this very unusual situation. <laughs> yeah. So our next question is, dear Andrew and Hank, you know those knobs on toasters. Do those control the amount of heat or the amount of time the toast is in the toaster? I've asked 10 people and half of them say it's heat and half say it's time. Even Google has conflicting answers. I must know. Mallory. P.S. Toasters range from $8 to $150. All right. (laughs) First of all, it's a toaster. Do not pay $150 for a toaster. It's just going to toast. It, the $8 toaster is not going to burn your house down. And that is the only thing that could make a toaster worth $150, just to guarantee that it's not going to burn my house down. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, the wires, I guess. Yeah, you're right. You need good wires. So <laughs> as, you're, as you're seeing uh, here on Dear Hank and John, we handle all the hard questions, but we also handle practical questions. I know the answer to this question, which is strange. Andrew Levitt and Mallory, toasters do it both ways. Some toasters go by time and some go by the amount of heat applied to the toast. And I don't know why most go by heat because I think it's the cheaper way to do it. But like also, I think you should go by heat because you don't know 
like all the different variables that might be influencing how heat is being transferred inside the toaster. And you want your you want your bagel to get to a certain temperature, not a certain time. Well, wait, wouldn't it be though like if you keep it in like um, at least on my toaster, it is time and heat because it's how long you want it to oh, wait. It's time and thing? I think that the toaster has one heat level. It can it can apply a, like I guess they can vary. They can like turn on and off. Oh well, yeah, to, the like, filament. The I guess right I see what you're saying. Yeah, the filament one only can yeah. get so hot. But then, but that's the heat. It's exposure to heat and time. Well, the exposure to heat is time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thermodynamics with Andrew and Hank I is mean, where we're headed now. Do you want to do intro I, physics right now? I, like, I mean, I don't, I, all I know is I like my I like my English muffin. I like it turned to like a six, so it comes out a little brown toasty. Right, and I think what's happening is the six is getting your toaster to a certain interior temperature, and then it turns off when it gets to that temperature. I don't. Think oh, that that's. A, I don't think there's a timer in there. Oh, I definitely. I think that's actually you're right. I don't think there's a timer yeah. in there, but it is based on time. That time, that how, how long it yes. takes to get an to amount that of, heat. An amount of time does pass. <laughs> no, no, I mean, it's, and it's, it, it, <laughs> it probably takes your toaster that same amount of time to get to that heat level every right. time, right? Yes, yes. So it will be roughly the same time every time. Okay, okay. With slight variables. For example, I think that if you put a piece of toast in, that that will reach the heat faster than if you put a bagel in, which will absorb more of the heat. So what I need you to do is right now, leave the podcast, go and do an experiment. It's going to take a half an hour where you do <laughs> toast and you do a bagel and you tell me if it takes the same amount of time. This is don't actually do that. Well, you could encourage maybe any any young listeners to do this for a science fair project. Yes, do it for science, and we should all we should all spread it across the world, and so everybody can do their own science fair project, and then we oh. will have definite data. That but, sounds great. Yeah, then yeah, you have comparable data. Yeah, but I can tell you that cheaper toasters don't tend to have time mechanisms in there, and they do it by heat. Whereas more expensive toasters. I don't think any, does any toaster have a time mechanism? Because once you get to time, wouldn't that be a toaster oven? Oh, oh, I think I, that's oh it. We, we cracked oh. the nut. <laughs> I think that's it. That's true, because my toaster oven definitely goes by time. Yeah, see, there but, we go. Uh, okay. What we can't do. What, <laughs> what we can't do. <laughs> oh, God. Now, this is a doozy, Andrew. It's a okay. question that comes from Jade, who asks, Dear Hank and Andrew, my mom came up with an idea to get matching tattoos. Now, I'm not extremely close with my mom, so a little bit caught me off guard when she asked, and I kind of agreed. She didn't bring it up for a few months, so I thought I was in the clear, but now she wants to do it in the next few weeks before I leave for college. How do I tell her I don't want to get matching tattoos without hurting her? I'm very stressed about this. Help, please. I'm not so jaded, Jade. Boy. Boy, Jade, I don't know how to not get a matching tattoo with your mom now. I mean... Jade, do you have a lot of... Ta- like, one, do you have a lot of tattoos already? Because I feel like if you have a bunch of tattoos already... Just do you just, Yeah. Yeah. You, it's not It's not so bad to have a mom one. Like, moms are... Uh, yeah. They're important. I mean, I think it may... I'm, who knows? Does... And, I mean, there's so many things to consider. Does the mom already have a tattoo? Like, maybe, maybe this is her only tattoo that she's ever going to get. Yeah. Maybe she's like Kat Von D. Maybe her mom is Kat Von D. Then get a tattoo with your mom. Come on. She, that's so cool. 
<laughs> so definitely, if your mom is Kat Von D, get a tattoo with your mom. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is it's kind of a it's kind of a wild thing, and it seems a little bit like your mom is might be trying to invite you into some closer relationship. Yeah, and this is one of the ways that your mom understands closeness to happen. Go experience pain and change your body permanently. That is how you create lasting bonds. Wait, do you have any um, tattoos, Hank? I have no tattoos. It's not that painful. Look, I've watched you people. Said, you said pain. <laughs> I mean, where are you I, getting? I mean, where are they getting these tattoos? I went to get a tattoo. I ha- didn't go to get a tattoo. I went with a friend who was getting a tattoo, and she cried like the whole time. Well, some people's pain. It was on her. It was on her lower back, like right on her spine, and oh, I was like, "Okay, well, you, maybe that's yeah. a sensitive area." Yeah. Okay. You're maybe right. you're right. I don't know. You're it's right. a common tattoo spot. It, it sure yeah. is. It's called the. I believe it to be called the tramp stamp. Yeah, it's a scientific. We did, we did decide yes. that we would call it that as a society. Good lord. <laughs> Uh, But like, I don't know if your mom is going into this being like, I'm not very close with my daughter and I don't know how to express my desire to be closer to her except matching tattoos. Like that's a little bit wild, but different people are different. So maybe if you go to the root of this and you say like, like, do I want to be closer with my mom? And if so, how would I do that and do that thing instead? And if you don't want to be closer with your mom, then telling her you don't want to get matching tattoos with her is a f- pretty good way to accomplish that. But I think that it is important to, when we can, and of course we can't always, but when we can, be close with our family because they are important. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. Because I think you've just, you kind of hit this from all angles. Your mom is actually, yeah, she's obviously reaching out because she wants, like, like you said, to probably be closer or to have a mo- or have some a moment between the two of you that's supremely special and will then always Right. be marked on your body forever. <laughs> but, you know, like, so like, how do you negotiate well, that? You know, <laughs> it sounds like, yeah, maybe, maybe, I mean, what, okay, yeah. also, what is the tattoo of? Is it like a cat surrounded by a, a wreath exactly. of roses? Like, what is, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think this might be the way out, like the way out without hurting your mom is just like, I'm too indecisive. I'm an 18 year old yeah. and I can't decide what tattoo I want to get with you. It's not that I don't want to get a matching tattoo. It's that I can't decide on which one it is and I just have to go off to college and learn a little bit more about myself before I get a rosy cat with my mom. But the rub would be not so JJ comes home for Thanksgiving break and is covered in like tattoos. <laughs> mom, I couldn't decide, so I got them all. <laughs> but yeah, not the you one can with get, you. Pick which one do you want to go <laughs> yeah, get exactly, that matches? Exactly. <laughs> Just pick one. <laughs> oh, Lord Almighty. God, I think we did a great job. Okay, here's another one. Um, dear Andrew and Hank, notice I put my name first. <laughs> do you ever think about where all your hair is in the world? Okay. <laughs> I, uh, I have long hair and I do a fair amount of traveling and sometimes think about the strands I lost in New York, Miami, or DC. I probably left some of this. <laughs> Uh, what? I probably left some of me at the Lincoln Memorial. For everything is rosy. Oh, That's man. disgusting. Rosie. I mean, just, That's great. I love it so much. What happens when someone decides to pick up that strand of that hair and they go, ah, oh, I'm going to clone whoever or whatever this may be. <laughs> <laughs> and then, Rosie, little do you know, because you have such long hair and you've left it everywhere, there's like a, one of you running around maybe in uh, Poughkeepsie. <laughs> 
<laughs> in New York, Miami, D.C., and at the Lincoln Memorial. Well, yeah, the, that's, ugh, that's gross. Uh, you know, I think this is an interesting thought. All of the little bits of me that are left all around the world. And no, I'm not worried about people cloning me because why would they want to? They'd probably be much more interested in cloning themselves or their dog that they lost, that they loved. As a drag queen, when I when I lose hair and I'm wearing a wig, it's all synthetic. <laughs> or it could be human, but it wouldn't be my human hair. So I mean, like, do you have any? Do you have any human hair wigs? Yeah, only a couple. Okay, I have a couple. No, yeah, but it's also when you when, yeah. when your skin but. when your skin and your hair goes places, you know, Hank, it's called dust. <laughs> It's just just your body's trash being left all over the place. Basically. It's so gross. Rosie, I didn't didn't ever think about this before, but I did think about it after your question. And all of our body parts litter the world. The tiny little pieces of us that have fallen off, but they are not us. We are the story that we tell ourselves inside of our minds. And those parts of us are just dust. All they are is dust. In the wind. I'm just going to quote songs from here on out. I like it. Here's another tough one um, from Anonymous. Oh. Because it's a tough one. Who asks, dear Andrew and Hank, how can I be less judgmental? I come from an extremely judgmental and critical family of each other's, of complete strangers, of everyone. I've been working my whole life to fight this familial inclination, but sometimes it's still so bloody hard. Well, now we know you're British, so you're less anonymous now. I really hate this trait about myself. I loathe how it hurts those around me, and I don't like how it hurts me. And I would love for some outside insight into how to curtail it. Thank you so much for all the awesomeness you bring continuously to the human race. That's very nice. Warmly yours, Anonymous. So it's it's interesting here because Anonymous, you you seem to have identified a thing about judgmental people, which is that they also judge themselves pretty harshly. And so you're out here judging yourself for being so judgmental and you're mm-hmm. you're really kind of upset with yourself. Yeah. Um, and I think that part of this might be accepting this flaw and understanding it, which you seem to be doing, but not being so harsh on yourself about mm-hmm. it. Even the, the kindest, most at peace person still most likely yeah. walks through the world with some kind of yeah, absolutely. Thought like, or- we have to make those... Next time you're in a public place, like, actually think about it. Like, watch the people walking by and try and figure out, like, you have these instantaneous impressions of people and and actually try to tease out what is creating that impression because right. I think that's really interesting. It's something that I enjoy doing while on people movers at airports because there's, like, a thousand people walking past you yeah. at sort of a rapid speed. The moment of time it takes to create that instant impression is so short. It's like your brain is is making those judgments really fast. And if you don't, like, take the time to notice that you judge people, which I think, Anonymous, at least you're doing, then that's where the real bad stuff comes out. I, that is a really uh, great way to look at this yeah when i when, you know it's kind of like when you say that sometimes i like to kind of imagine what people are thinking about when i like because i'm in airports all the time so you bring up that example yeah so it's like uh you know i think about oh like where are they going mm-hmm. like what is their story yeah and like and you know i mean just thinking about kind of yeah what someone's story is can sometimes be helpful reminding yourself that you are so right. much more alike with everybody than when you are different that might be a, a really good one like you know you ask them what their favorite movie is and they say some nick Nicholas Sparks thing that you think is trash. The notebook. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the, but like, like if you go off that one data point, yeah. But like, like imagining the depth of the story there. Also, maybe 
can you watch the notebook and and appreciate it for what it is? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, maybe there's something to that. Yeah, I mean, because we, we, yeah, like you said, I mean, there's only so much time in a day, but our brain is right. it's processing so much, and you can't help but be faced with kind of all this processing of information and yeah. what's coming at you. So, like, how do you? That's that's tough. <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot to unpack, anonymous. <laughs> now you've got me thinking. Now you got me thinking. I'm anonymous. Yeah, yeah. So then, uh, here's one from Skylar, dear Andrew and Hank. My sister has collected sugar packets for years now. She has a sizable collection, but they just sit in the <laughs> drawer in her room. How should she display them, and/or what should she do with them? Not Peggy, Angelica, or Eliza. Just Skyler. Well, there's a cute little uh, Hamilton reference. Just Skyler. <laughs> nice. What should she do with them? What, so first of all, is it okay to collect sugar packets? I hope you don't live in a humid place. I think that, I, <laughs> that, that worries me. Uh, I assume that like, do some restaurants have like branded sugar packets, or is it just like wherever I go, I like you like write on the restaurant, and you're like, here's where I was, or do you just? Take a sugar packet because you're a thief. Is like I mean, but that does she maybe she intends to have a really sweet cup of coffee. Something <laughs> I mean, like I'm gonna <laughs> like or the yeah, I don't know. I mean that's do you collect anything weird? Do you, do you? Well, I, it, it occurs to me that I collect sugar packets just like inside of my body. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> same, same. Do I collect anything? I have uh, I collect do you know what challenge coins are? No. <laughs> there, the, this is the thing. It's a, it, it came out of, uh, I think, military tradition, but maybe also like schools where you have a like a coin from your regiment or something. And the coin is something that you like keep with you. And then like if you and your like buds go out to the bar, like you all have to bring your coin. And if you don't have it, then you have to buy a litty drinks or something. I'm not entirely up on the sort of origins of this, but there are certain people who like make them for their TV show or for their, you know, podcast, or we do one for our charity auction. We did one for the 10th anniversary of our merch company. So like I I have a little collection of those over there. That's amazing. The little stand that they sit in would work for displaying sugar packets. So you can search for challenge coin stand on Amazon. Maybe that's the one way. I don't know how many of these sugar packets there are. That way it would work for that. Do you have any weird collections? Uh, weird collections? The only thing I really collect, other than broken hearts, would <laughs> probably be, uh, I, I collect uh, Disney Christmas ornaments. Is that weird? Oh, no, that's great. That's a lovely collection. Yeah, it, it, it yeah. is or it isn't. But yeah, that's what that's that's the only thing I truly collect. <laughs> Yours is so good. I like your challenge. Now I don't want to collect challenge coins because that seems a little bit more meaningful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I love Christmas ornaments so much. Uh, I have m- many of them, but I don't have any focus. Christmas ornaments are a thing for me that I have no, absolutely no shame about loving. I, well, that's Th- the there are love. things about the holiday that I'm yeah. not super into. I think that like you know we should we should maybe spend a little less, like have be a little less focused on money. But I do, I freaking love Christmas. I do too. I love the way it makes me feel. Which leads me back yeah. to saying your sister probably really loves how those sugar packets make her feel. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I wonder what Skyler's yeah. need for wanting to display his sister's sugar collection is. Why can't she just leave them in a drawer? That's right. Yeah. I mean, well, especially if if you've got so many that it's just a drawer full. It's very hard to find a good 
display system. But, you could have a binder. Oh, yeah, those uh, those things that you get for like uh, baseball cards. Oh, just stuff that'd be one, great. It's like nine a page and have one and just like have your binder and be like, look at all the restaurants I've been to that, in my life. <laughs> I mean, that's, okay. that's like a full circle answer. For Christmas yeah. and or Hanukkah during the holiday season, give yeah. your sister yeah. the baseball collecting book and, yeah. and, and, and put a little hint, maybe like a little card and then one sugar packet in it from yeah. your last meal together. Aww. And then allow her to build her collection in the book. That is an absolute win. Uh, which reminds me that this podcast is brought to you by that notebook and also the movie The Notebook, which is two separate notebooks, but both very important notebooks. Uh, so thank you to both The Notebook and That Notebook yes. for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Both will bring you to tears. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is also brought to you by Toaster Ovens. Yeah, you uh, mm. ones with knobs that don't time it and or don't even heat it up. And this podcast <laughs> is also brought to you by all of the hairs Ooh. you have ever left in the world, all just sort of floating around, getting washed down the drain, <laughs> headed toward the Great Pacific Gyre, probably, or possibly just getting worked <laughs> into wigs. Who knows? Armpit hair wigs. Like a maybe. This podcast is also brought to you by Cat Tattoo Tramp Stamps. Look at the small of your back. Always. This episode of Dear Hank and John is brought to you by ZocDoc. Look. There are, I think it's fair to say, some imperfections in the American healthcare system, but there are ways that it actually has recently gotten easier. I don't compromise on a lot of things, but I do not love feeling like I can't find the right doctor for me. And I've gotten very lucky that I have found some good doctors for me. When it comes to your health, there shouldn't be compromise. Don't go back to that one doctor who uses your appointment to catch up on the latest headlines slash their family group chat slash their crossword puzzles just because they're available right now or they happen to take your insurance. Instead, like you don't have to keep going back to a doctor who you don't like. You can check out ZocDoc, a place where you can find and book doctors who make you feel comfortable, who listen to you, who prioritize your health. And you can search by location, availability, and insurance type. So literally, no compromises. Because with ZocDoc, you've got more options than you think. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Once you find the doc you want, you can book them immediately. No more phone calls and waiting on hold with a receptionist. We don't have time for this anymore. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients. Booking appointments with tens of thousands of top-rated, patient-reviewed, credible doctors and specialists. The typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between 24 and 72 hours. That's it. You can even sometimes score same-day appointments. Go to ZocDoc.com slash DearHank and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then you can book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash DearHank. ZocDoc.com slash DearHank. Every time I know it's coming, and I'm like, I'm going to have to say ZocDoc.com right now, aren't I? And then I do. I'm getting good at it, everybody. ZocDoc.com. Ready to say meow. 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 All right, this next question comes from Gus, and it's a wild one. Gus says, Dear Hank and Andrew, after I came out as gay, my dad's side of the family disowned me on religious grounds. So for the past seven years or so, much of my extended family has been telling their friends and children that I literally died to explain my sudden and total absence. But now my brother is getting married, which I'm very excited about. When I show up to celebrate my brother's wedding to his high school sweetheart, how do I explain to people who I think that I am dead that I am not dead? Do I lead in 
into it, drifting like an unseeing specter through the reception. (laughs) And talking my sisters into claiming that my image is magically appearing in photographs? What do I wear in this case? Cakes and cadavers, Gus. Well, Gus, thanks for handling this uh, in uh, with a, with a spirit of levity to be <laughs> a, a specter, uh, a situation that is, you know, rough. Because in the in reality, like if people are going to be surprised that you are a person who exists and is not dead, they are going to want an explanation, and the person who should have to pr- provide that explanation is not you. Agreed with that. I think you could just also pretend like you're the second coming. <laughs> Say, look how fabulous it's gonna be. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but I totally agree with you, Hank. Gus, it's not your job to kind. It's not your go- job to justify who you are to people that probably don't have any meaning at all to your life or any consequence. (laughs) You know, it sounds like, you know, it's been seven years and you've definitely been able to move on uh, in your life and probably have a very happy and healthy and successful life without all these uh, extended family members. And who knows who these friends are of theirs anyway? Who cares who these friends are anyway? It's it's a big day for your brother and in turn, it's a big day for you to be there for your brother. And um, as you know, it sounds like you know very well that there's nothing wrong with you at all and you're pretty incredible. (laughs) And (laughs) I think think if, yeah, I think as long as you lean into the fun of it, let, let, <laughs> maybe you just walk up behind behind some really weird family members and go, ooh, I'm back. <laughs> and then hand them like hand them like some kind of a fabulous piece of gay reading. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. And then for a slightly easier question, this comes from <laughs> Jess with a with a problem that I experience all the time. Dear Hank and Andrew, what am I supposed to do when I ring the doorbell and I'm not sure if I rang the doorbell? So sometimes you push the doorbell button, right? And you don't you don't hear it go on the inside. And then you're like, well, what do I do now? Because if I immediately knock, then I'm like being really aggressive, right? So I don't want to be the aggressive person who like knocks on the door right after you <laughs> ring the doorbell. But I also don't want to stand on the porch forever. Help. I mean, I'm sure that you, you didn't ring the doorbell. Because sometimes the doorbell doesn't. No. Yeah, sometimes the doorbell doesn't ring. There are many broken doorbells in the world. Not every doorbell is a broken doorbell, though. <laughs> like, <I'm> so, <laughs> like, boy, I'm really wondering if this doorbell's broken after I just rang that doorbell two days ago and I didn't know if I rang it. No, I mean, you have, we as Americans have neurotic tendencies. One of them is yes. ringing a doorbell. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. well, did that doorbell ring? Is... I don't know if it rang. I'm going to ring it again. Wait, did it ring? I did it twice. Did I do it twice? Let's touch it again. We, we just, <laughs> just start pounding yeah. on the door. Hello. Hi, hello. Yeah, you know Don't leave me out here. You know if you're I not need a pancake. <laughs> Let me in. I assume you were going over for pancake breakfast, which sounds lovely. We should have people over for pancake breakfasts more. I don't know why I don't do that. I, Andrew, do you want to come over for pancake breakfast? I would love to come over for pancake breakfast. I know why I don't, because I don't make pancakes. But I like to eat pancakes. Ah, I made pancakes this morning. Ugh. Because my son woke up and he said, just for clarity, we're recording this on a Tuesday. My son woke up and he said, it's Sunday. And I was like, no, it's not. And he was like, Sunday is pancake day. And I was like, I mean, Sunday is pancake day. And he was like, it's Sunday. And I was like, it's Tuesday. And he was like, it's pancake day. And I was like, well, this has all been very cute. And so it's pancake. Yeah, he's got the system worked. (laughs) 
<laughs> Tell dad it's Sunday. Guess what? It's Sunday. Tomorrow's yeah. going to also be Sunday just yeah. so you're ready. <laughs> I don't know. I like pancakes. It's fine. It's it's food. It's not bad for him. Anyway, this is, I mean, just the solution to this problem is what all the millennials do these days and Gen Z, which is just don't touch the door or doorbell and you just text your friend from the car. Or just, or, or do something that'd be really classic that's totally Gen 1700s. Just stand on the porch. Just, <laughs> yeah, just, um, just like, I'm here. Take out a folding <laughs> chair, sit down and be like, coffee class of iced tea and be like, I'm porch sitting yeah. now. This is my porch. Yeah, I'm just waiting for you. Just waiting for <laughs> Come you. Come on out. Oh, look, you came home. Yeah. Here you are. Oh, man. Doorbells <laughs> are kind of wild. Now that you say that, why do we need doorbells? Knocking is a thing. Knock, it's because if people wanted a really gorgeous, annoying tone to fill their home. Oh, I'm upstairs doing something I, other something other than being by the door waiting for someone to come. Yeah, and you don't want it to, like, because knocking just seemed so rude, and we were like, well, let's give people another option. Well, also, knocking is kind of startling. Knocking is startling. Doorbells are a little bit more softer. Yeah, I guess. Which is maybe why they... Like a knock is like, oh, somebody at the door. <laughs> Someone's banging on my house. Don't bang on my house. <laughs> Who's banging on my house? I need that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need this at 7.30 in the morning while I'm making pancakes. <laughs> oh, gosh. I guess, that's, I guess that's the thing. And then it's just a nice little ding dong. And then... And now we've replaced that with text messages because why wouldn't we? Yeah. It's all about, it's just a progression to being more polite and neurotic. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Hank, here's another one. Dear Andrew and Hank, today the ultrasound technician told me that I have perfect skin after she scanned my throat. Oh, looks good. Okay. <laughs> uh, what should I have said instead of, haha, thanks, after she complimented my sweet, sweet neck skin? Should I start paying attention to and complimenting other people's neck skin? Oh, my God. One of many, Catherine. <laughs> okay, well, hold on. I God. thought reading this, uh-huh. she scanned her throat. Like, the ex- I thought she had, like, an interior scope done. I was like, oh, the skin on inside of her throat looks great. Right. But, no, that's not it, Hank. She's, it's, her, it's her neck on the exterior. It's her, like, the, yes, the skin of the neck. The good news is that nothing is wrong with the throat. The weird news is that the ultrasound technician is Definitely a vampire. Like <laughs> happy during the fall season now. So wear turtlenecks. Cover your neck. <laughs> you have perfect skin. Is this okay to say to a to like in a professional setting? Like you're looking, but. Boy, you got great neck skin. I don't need that in my life for my, my ultrasound technique. You know, I'll tell you this though. My mom would love to hear that. My mom was always like, oh, my neck looks so sure. old. Just look, it's so old. So my mom would be like, ah, oh, she said I have perfect neck skin. <laughs> that means like, or also maybe the person who wrote this is a turkey. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> look at that neck skin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Catherine. Catherine. Uh, we understand that you are uh, at least one turkey, possibly multiple turkeys inside of the body of a human. And like turkeys do have great neck skin. So maybe that's the situation. I need a, I need a professional situation here. But for clarity, I don't think you should be complimenting other people's neck skin in general, unless you're very, very close with them. <laughs> like, close enough that like if you can't put your mouth on a person's neck skin, you shouldn't comment on it. Unless it's Andrew's mom. (laughs) What the heck? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think that is definitely the the guideline. If you can't put your mouth there, don't compliment it. (laughs) Yeah. Don't talk about it. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. You've just you've just laid yeah. out. You've solved all the problems in life. The only the only thing this doesn't work for is is eyes. Because just don't lick an eye. Just don't do it. 
That's, okay. That's you get. That's how you get. That's how you get pink eye. Oh, that's that's how it's transmitted. Now I know. Yeah, I've licked an eye or two, I guess. <laughs> oh, you have such beautiful eyes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> so if you, if we could delete the last fifteen seconds of the podcast, uh, I guess we decided not to. But I feel I feel like I wish I hadn't done it, but we left it in. So there it is. <laughs> there, finished, complete. <laughs> All right. One final question before we get to the all-important news from Mars and AFC Wimbledon. It comes from Chloe, who asks, Dear Hank and Andrew, I recently started high school, and I found myself in a group of what I would call friends. However, since I've only known them for a few weeks, it feels weird to call them friends. Please help me figure this out. Your friend, but maybe not Chloe. Chloe, those are your friends. <laughs> it just, let's, let's, like, complicate things. They're your friends. Yeah. <laughs> That's your friend. You could say, hello, acquaintance. It's nice to meet you. I hope that one day I will know you better and I can call you friend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to exchange bracelets. Look, I have recorded exactly 51 minutes of a podcast with Andrew Levitt, better known by his stage name, Nina West. And I think we're friends now. <laughs> I would think we're friends, right? Yeah. We're friends now. Whenever somebody says, oh, I loved Nina West, Miss Congeniality of season 11 of RuPaul's Drag Race, I'll say, oh, you mean my friend Andrew? Yes. And I, and I would say- From now on. And then I would say, who's this guy here? Just calling me his friend. <laughs> yeah. That's how it works. No. No, I mean, there's there are too few friends in this world. We need more. Yeah. And we need to faster friendships and we need to treat them with care and love them. So yeah, those are your friends now. And it's so great. Yeah. You're only so rich as the number of friends you have in your life. So look, go get wealthy. Make a lot of friends. That's right. Being friends is both a big deal and a, a thing with a low barrier. Mm -hmm. So like, it should should be important, but it should also be not something that we put a big wall between us and that that word. So I'm so happy, Chloe, that you've got friends. Yeah. And now it's time for the news from Mars and AFC Wimbledon. First, we're going to have the news from AFC Wimbledon delivered to us by Andrew Levitt, who I'm sure knows lots about uh. <laughs> third tier English football. In news from AFC Wimbledon, the Dons tied the Wickham Wanderers last week, which is fairly good news because Wickham is number five in the lead right now. It was by all accounts a bad game, which no one did anything interesting. And I'm not just saying that because I don't like sports. It's what the BBC Sports website also said. So <laughs> a draw here is better than expected, but it did not help AFC Wimbledon in the ranks. They're currently down in the relegation zone in third to last place, which, you know, it's better than being in last place. If there's any good news in all of this, the Dons did just sign three new players, none of whom are big deals, but it's good to have people on the team anyway. <laughs> I mean, look, it's the, it goes back to that question. See, everyone needs a friend. It's good to have people on the team. It's good to have people on the team. <laughs> They're doing very badly. There are two teams below AFC Wimbledon right now, and both of them are below because they broke the rules of the league and so started off with, like, a giant hole to dig themselves out of in terms of points. So it's bad for AFC Wimbledon. But the Mars news is great. I'm ready for Would it. Would you like to know the Mars news? Please tell me, Hank. Give it to me. This week in Mars news, NASA is sending, can you believe it, a helicopter to Mars. What? Did you know about this? No. So uh, the Mars helicopter, which is about a four pound thing, has been strapped to a plate on the belly of the Mars 2020 rover, which will be uh, getting to the planet in 2020. Uh, so that helicopter is officially attached 
it's happening. There's going to be a drone on Mars, except it's going to have to be pretty autonomous because there's like a 45 minute light lag between here and Mars. So we can't control it. It'll have to figure it out on its own. So NASA considers this to be a high risk, high reward project. If it works, it'll be the first time we've been able to fly an aircraft on another planet. And then we could potentially use that on future missions, carrying around instruments, grabbing samples from places, going into hard to access areas like caves, maybe. Oh, yeah. Um, and carrying its own science equipments or as a scout for robots or potentially humans. And that's a big reward if it works. But to take into account the fact that it's a huge risk and we have no idea if this is going to work, the helicopter will not be carrying any scientific instruments at all. If anything goes wrong, uh, we haven't lost any science. So the rest of the mission will not be affected. But if it works, we will know that it works. And then in the future, we can do it more. But if it works, we will have still no science. It'll have a can- it'll, <laughs> it'll, it'll, you know, I guess this, the, the science the, will be a helicopter worked on Mars. Like that's the yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> that's you're right. the science. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I think it will have a, it'll have a camera on it. It'll be able to take pictures. Oh my god! So that'll be good. That's it's it's like a selfie machine on Mars. That's right. Oh yeah, I could take a picture of the rover, which so far. There's never been a picture of a whole rover on Mars because it's always been like the rover's arm has got gone out to take a picture of itself. <laughs> um, so now, potentially, we can have a picture of the whole rover on Mars fr- and then like a zoom shot of it like a, flying away like a boom uh, on a movie set. It'll be amazing. Really, that's all it's about. It's just going to be better cinematography on Mars. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Andrew, for making a podcast with me. This was really lovely. And fun. Thank you so much for having me, Hank. I've had the best fun today. This podcast is a co-production of Complexly and WNYC Studios. It's edited by Joseph Tunamedish, produced by Rosiana Hals Rojas and Sheridan Gibson. Our head of community and communication is Victoria Bongiorno, and the music that you're hearing now and at the beginning of the podcast is by the great Gunnarola. Thank you, and as they say in our hometown, don't, don't forget, forget to be awesome. awesome.